This program was brought to you by Eat on North. Eat on North is a casual restaurant where honest, uncomplicated food is served without pretension. Find Eat on North at hotelonnorth.com. Hi, this is Joe Campanelli, the host of In the Drink. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Japan Eats. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, a food writer and a director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deeper understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from a studio at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every deli and supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I will try to demystify it in this program with my co guests. And my guest today is Stephen Grovers, who is a big supporter of Japanese culture and has an amazing Japanese cultural space called Global Sashitsu in Flatiron. We'll talk about Stephen's got, how Stephen got into Japanese culture, why he created Global Sashitsu, and his various activities at Global Sashitsu, and more. Hello, Stephen. Welcome to Japanese. Thank you for inviting me. Okay, so, so you're extremely familiar with Japanese culture, and you, today you wear Japanese traditional clothes called samurai, and you look amazing. So, um, and then you speak uh, very fluent Japanese as well, so, as well. So what is your background? Well, first of all, I'd like to say i just learning about Japanese culture. I've been going to Japan for about 20 years, and it's very deep. And the more I know about it, I find out the less I do. So、um, I started going to Japan 20 years ago when I sold one of my companies,、uh, a flat screen TV company,、uh, to Panasonic.、Mm. And I went on their board of directors, which required、uh, Quarterly meetings.、Mm. So I was going to Japan every three months. Right. So you're from New York. I'm a, yes, I'm a native born、uh, Manhattanite.、Mm, very rare. Yeah, very、Please. rare. <laughs> Matter of fact, I was born in the same hospital my mother was, which is even rarer. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Amazing. And then, yeah, so you know, as a kind of a supporter of the inventor of、uh, Plasma TV, which is、uh, dominant in this country. Yes,、uh, I was an encourager. Yes, a supporter. Yes.、Mm. Okay. And、uh, so did you. Any lived in Japan at some point or just visited frequently?、Um, I've, been, I've been going back and forth,、uh, living in Japan for periods of about two to three weeks at a time, but、mm. I never lived there regularly for、mm. months at a time.、Oh, wow. But typically I would be there three or four times、uh, early in my career with Japan, and now it's down to about two to three visits a year.、Mm. That's still a lot. Yeah, still a lot. Right. Yeah, that's because you are really like. Understanding Japanese culture so deeply, I thought you lived. Well, again, I understand it enough that I want to know more about it.、Mm, that's the master's word. <laughs> <laughs> right. So,、uh, what was so special about Japanese culture for you then? Well, I, <clears throat> I went to Japan、um, after sort of my middle life. And as a New Yorker, we only learn about Western culture.、Mm. Our view is all culture comes from the West. It starts in Egypt, 
and goes to uh, the Greeks and the Romans and uh, medieval times, the Renaissance, Italy, France, etc. And we really don't get a background on Asian culture. Mm. So when I went to Japan for the first time, I was completely overwhelmed by the difference of Japanese culture or, or Asian culture and then Western. And particularly in Japanese culture, I found it to be very deep and sort of mystical. I know that sounds like very trite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I started learning more about their ways. And there's a term that uh, we'll use during this interview. It's called wabi-sabi. Mm-hmm. And wabi-sabi is one of these words that cannot be defined. It's just uh, it's the essence of being Japanese. Mm. And so the more I learned about the wabi-sabi culture, the relaxed, uh, uneven culture of nature, mm. the more I wanted to learn. So it was a little personal renaissance, and it was the difference of Western vis-a-vis Asian culture that really was quite seductive for me mm, okay so different way to look at the whole world in yeah way. it's a different way it's a different eye it's a different temperament it's a different way to breathe mm. a different way to eat i know that's one of your concerns mm-hmm. and uh i don't know if the grass is greener on the other side but it's certainly different mm. and i think life should be complete with all the various experiences that the world has to offer. Mm, okay, that's interesting because I, I whenever I go to I go to Tokyo mm. where I actually grew up, there's a, the same amount of energy between New York and Tokyo, but energy in Japan kind of goes to the ground and uh, you know absorbed in the ground, but here in New York it explodes to the air. Yeah, I think that's a good point, but um, <clears throat> I think I think Japan has been. I don't know if you you know this, but it's been or senses, but it has been westernized a great deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know whether there is a lot of energy in Tokyo, but I think to really understand the and I always recommend this to the first time visitors to Japan is you go to Kyoto first mm-hmm. and to see what the, the the heart of Japan is. Mm-hmm. It's very different than Tokyo. Right. And once you're in. Once you uh, once you visit, and I recommend this to all your listeners, first time visitors. Once you visit Kyoto, you can go to Tokyo and you can see all the um, all the roots of Japanese culture there. Mm. But it is it is different, and particularly the restaurants, the galleries, the the way of moving. But you're right about that. Mm. And I agree with you because uh, you know the Nara and the Kyoto. That's where the whole culture started with emperors, and then. All those samurai started to spread up to Tokyo area. Yeah, and I still think that the best meal you can have is um, kaiseki, mm. and in autumn. Why autumn? Because it's the harvest season mm. in Kyoto. So anytime I can do that, get a full kaiseki high meal in Kyoto during the autumn is mm. I, I'm there. Right, it's beautiful turning leaves. <laughs> Uh, you you uh, you often do that? <laughs> uh, well, I think two years ago that was my first real vacation after my high school trip. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was. I really I couldn't. Uh, I didn't want to leave. And then compared to my experience in Tokyo, it's kind of the opposite, like we described. Yeah. You know, like uh, you feel. Oh, this is the center of the well, Japanese. Well, when I go to Japan, I'm mainly in uh, Tokyo. 
mm. as the center of my activities. Right, so business. Yeah. Right. But you can choose. And the Dubai <laughs> beer train, it's only oh, less than it, three hours. Yeah, no, I was, I was in Japan in, uh, last month, and mm. I went to Kyoto for a kimono fashion show. Mm. And I was, regrettably, I was in kimono, uh, Kyoto for... 14 hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I did have a fantastic uh, nabe mm-hmm. meal in Gion. Okay. At a, at a private restaurant. Oh, so, wow. So nabe is a pot dish. Yeah, pot dish. Yeah, private so, pot yeah, dish. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'll show you pictures later. Okay. Yeah, maybe we can share on the website. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you've been active in promoting understanding of Japanese culture through arts. In New York City, and could you give us some uh, examples of uh, your activities in New York, other than Global Swashitsu, which is going to talk in a minute? Yeah, um, one of well, activity that just ended actually yes, uh, two days ago was I sponsor uh, a Japanese film series at Japan Society, mm-hmm. uh, and we do this annually. We pick a theme and explore that theme over a period of time. Mm-hmm. So this year's theme was Japanese musical, mm-hmm. and even the Japanese said, what's a Japanese musical? <laughs> ah, that's my reaction right now. <laughs> reaction. Anyway, we had 10 Japanese musicals mm. from the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, 90s. Uh, and some of them were, uh, not some of them, they were uniquely uh, Japanese. So mm. some of them had references to kabuki and no wow. some of them had manga references, but they were, they were it was quite a Ex, uh, quite a film series. Anyway, the Globus Film Series is an annual event. I mm-hmm. sponsor uh, tea ceremonies and other mm-hmm. activities. Right. So the I'll quickly go back to the film series. You started in 2007. That's correct, yeah. So that's a long time already. Yeah. Right. And uh, I was looking at last year's theme. That was um, the stories from the war feature. That featured a 70th anniversary of the end of World War Two. So which is completely different theme from this right, year. Right. Yeah. So, so you know we've had we had Yakuza, which are gangster movies. Right. We had, we had love stories, and so uh, the theme. Uh, sometimes we uh, we're looking at a particular director, if you would, uh, mm. who may have a, a long uh, long history of. Japan, but it gives us an opportunity to uh, look at Japanese film here in New York uh, that is based on thematic thematic interest. Mm. So, um, actually, I don't know what we're going to be doing next year, but um, hopefully, it'll be a delight like this year. Mm. Okay, so maybe have you, have you seen our last film was called Memoirs of uh, Memories. I'm sorry, Memories of Masako. I don't know if you ever saw that film. No, I don't think I, I recommend I did. it. Oh, so, really? Yeah, so memories sad. of Memories of Masako. Okay, Memories yeah. of Masako. Yeah. Okay, maybe available in Netflix or uh, probably. Okay, I'll look. Or <laughs> it's it's a big movie. Yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah, by the way, uh, for the listeners who are not familiar with Japan Society, it's a non-profit organization and uh, committed to promote mutual understanding between Japan and the U.S. So, so next year, another next year. film festival. This and, film yes, oh, please, please be my guest. So um, I started, um, I started sponsoring at Japan Society, but when I uh, wanted to do something for, uh, personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got into tea ceremony, mm. and that's so I built this tea house right in the middle of Manhattan at mm-hmm. Union Square. Right. So and now it's yeah. let's talk about global washing. Okay, that's, thank that's you. That's what it is, right? Yeah. Okay. 
So you opened it uh, in uh, 2013? Yes. Okay, yeah. in Flatiron. On Broadway, Broadway and 20... Broadway and 19th Street. 19th yeah. Street. It's amazing. <laughs> well, it's, it's probably one of the best examples of a Japanese space, and Washitsu means Japanese space, mm. uh, in New York, if not in the United States. And actually, when I first, uh, when I first opened it, I thought it was going to have a very modest purpose of just uh, mm. being, a, uh, being a place for a tea ceremony. Mm. And once, once the Japanese community discovered there was a tatami and a soji space. Mm-hmm. Soji is a paper screen. Paper screen, sliding mm-hmm. paper screen. And mm-hmm. tatami is the, the mat, the woven mats. Mm-hmm. Uh, Japanese people in New York and also in Japan were approached me one after another and said, oh, Steve, can, can you do a kimono show? Can we have a ceramic <laughs> show? Um, can we have a koto? Koto is a Japanese heart. Can we have a koto re- performance? Mm. And I have a big heart. I said, yes, of course. So, um, but it all started with the Japanese tea ceremony. Mm. Right. So within the global washitsu, you have a washitsu. That's a room with the tatami and uh, the soji screen. And that's called the Keisuyan. Yeah. Keisuyan is the technical name for the tea house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the tea house is an eight, uh, eight tatami room uh, area that has a space where the tea kettle can go and mm. appropriate tea. Uh, tea houses are actually have quite a few uh, requirements. One is a tokenoma. Tokenoma is a, uh, a sacred alcove, and typically there's a scroll that hangs mm-hmm. down. Beautiful painting. Beautiful, yes. And so tokenoma is one. And two is um, uh, there should be two entrances. Mm-hmm. One entrance that's uh, available for the tea master, mm-hmm. and he or she will come in into the tea room from there. Right, and, uh, and, or the host of the yeah. ceremony, hospitality. And another entrance for the guest. Mm. Uh, so, and also uh, what they call mizuya, which is a area where to clean your, clean your, uh, mm-hmm. mizu means water, but mizuya is an area for uh, cleaning your tea, uh, tea utensils. Right. Yeah. So anyway, that's just, that's just part of the Globus Washitsu K- mm. KSA, as we call it. Mm-hmm. What's the meaning of it? You know, I wanted I wanted to call I wanted the Japanese translation to be Oasis, mm. and so I asked my tea master. I asked the person, the architect of the Japanese room, mm. uh, uh, Hanafusa Miyasoshi, mm-hmm. uh, is can we name this tea room Oasis? And they said, both of them came back and said, there's no word in Japanese for oasis mm. so they came up with uh, they came up with these terms and maybe you can translate them better than I right. can um, that sort of means oasis a quiet a quiet uh, area for for contemplation mm-hmm. of tea right so K means uh Rest or relax, and the sui means uh, old term uh, green. Yeah, green. So it that would totally make sense. Yeah, so it makes. Oh, I'm glad it makes sense to you because right. it's still very mystical to me. So. Right, and that this you know the, the tea for tea ceremony that small tea house has special name usually. So yes, and they all and uh, they all uh, end with the 
the dash and an on. So yes, K Sui on. An is a little place, yeah. like, special little place. So, uh, so the and you have also a garage. That's the exhibition space upstairs. Yeah, I have uh, actually uh, my spaces have three levels. I'm not sure that you saw the first level. Mm -hmm. So first level is on the seventh floor. Okay. And I actually started tea ceremonies on the seventh floor, but it wasn't didn't have all these requirements that I mentioned. Mm. And the seventh floor now is a ryokan. Oh, that's ryokan. a place you can stay. Like that's in correct. So I have. Traveling artists stay there from Japan, mm. and so next time you come, I like to show that to you. So, typically, we have a traveling artist; they stay on the seventh floor yokan. Mm. It's also tatami rooms mm -hmm. uh, with a small kitchenette, and then on the eighth floor, uh, the floor above, is the tea house and the mazuya, the mm. kitchen, and also an ante room. So. And then upstairs is the gallery. Mm, yeah. Okay. So, but often the gallery, uh, the gallery spaces, like you saw a kimono show last time, the gallery or the exhibition will include both the uh, the tea house when mm. it's not being used and the gallery upstairs. Right. Yeah. So, who are the lucky artists who stayed there? Uh, we've we've had we've had uh, musicians. Uh, we've had musicians. We've had. Painters, uh, you know, one of one of the people that people know a lot is Sebastian Basuda, who's a so-called Kawaii artist. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had um, we had Akiko, uh, uh, sorry, Akihito Obama, who's a shakuhashi player, shakuhashi mm -hmm. being a flute. But we've had, I think, we've had over fifty artists uh, uh -huh. staying there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So okay. sometimes it's single people, and sometimes we've had up to four or five people all living there. Mm -hmm. Right, so it's kind of like a totally charity, non-profit space. You do just over yeah, sure, so the it's space, yeah. just to pro promote and the whole. They're, they're my personal guests. Mm. <coughs> wow, amazing. Well, thank you for making creating that space. Well, it's my pleasure. And uh, just so your listeners understand, uh, Ryokan, the guests sleep on futon. Mm -hmm. And so the futon get laid out every morning, uh, they get, and they get rolled up uh, uh, in the nighttime after the. Uh, they get laid out. I'm sorry, in the evening, and then in the morning they get rolled up and put away. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Japanese people have a good tradition of staying in small areas together mm. um, because they all visited these kind of spaces. As uh, did you do that as a family? You stay in uh, Yokan with your family traveling yes yeah so uh so it's it can be tight with three or four people but it's amazingly uh organized and tidy and mm -hmm. uh polite right yeah yes but they are they do stay with me as my guest mm. right it's uh it's interesting you said that because uh you know it's kind of like a sofa bed in, in new york city but in japanese case a futon is put in the in the cabinet or closet that's correct so the day starts fresh and then the new space is created by you, and at that night the space to rest is created by you again. So that's correct. Uh, you know, uh, Japanese spaces are not so are being less popular in Japan themselves, but they're the ultimate of flexibility mm. because uh, they uh, Japanese space can have uh, tatami space can you can sleep, you can entertain, you can eat. So. Mm. Uh, 
it's 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 a delightful and very warm space. Right, I agree. And but the only problem is if you get used to chairs, you know, well, sitting is a little harder. <laughs> well, yes and no. You know, I've had I've had uh, receptions at uh, Washitsu for forty or fifty people, mm. and we're all sitting down on the tatami mat without chairs, and you can imagine having forty or fifty people with uh, with. 40 or 50 chairs and couches is impossible mm. because the chairs and couches are literally glued to the ground. Right. And so if I have a reception for 30, 40 people, uh, they all make little circles and the circles will expand or contract. Somebody will go from one area to another area and uh, it's quite a marvelous uh, mm. dynamic to see people sitting on the floor and on tatami and feeling relaxed. Mm. And also they can move anywhere they want. They're not not restricted by the interior designs of a couch or a chair. Mm. So it's more organic and communal space. Yes, and one day I'm going to take a time lapse of one of these great receptions of three circles coming into two circles and then expanding into four circles and mm-hmm. then maybe uh, a set of lovers will go off on the on the corner and they'll be talking or kissing each other. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's quite a marvelous flow and ebb and flow of people at, right. uh, at one of these rooms. Mm, that's so right. I've never thought of that. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So, um, so what kind of events have you organized at the okay, Global? Yeah, events at the Global. Well, the events are obviously around Japanese cultures. Uh, they've been tea events. They've been uh, tea ceremony events. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been exhibitions. And I've been getting, uh, as you know, because we met during a kimono event, mm-hmm. I've been very involved in uh, right. the so kimono was, arts. Right, that was called uh, Kyoto Cool exhibition yes. in March. Yeah. And uh, so I was very impressed because the, the kimono, you know, they were designed by a young couple, but they grew up in Kyoto. And then I think the husband was from very old dying. Small. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. You know? uh, and then because he was so tired of that old tradition and all those workers not well respected, so he came up with the idea of starting a company respecting tradition but innovated with new fabrics and design. And it's kimono made into the modern clothes. That's so. correct. They're they're quite um, uh, they're quite young and. They're not your grandmother's kimono, no. <laughs> which are very beautiful as well. But uh, they're they're attracting a whole new young audience in mm-hmm. Japan and hopefully around the world. Right, it's like a geometric prints and yeah. anything. Uh, your listeners can go to uh, do a web search called Martin Antenna, mm-hmm. and those are the people who uh, who are designing. But they'll they'll be delighted to see their design. Mm. And I think uh, your website, uh, the your Facebook page, showed Facebook. a lot of pictures from the That's exhibition. Correct. And we also were, uh, as we we're also very happy to have uh, Ralph Pucci's art mannequins uh, mm-hmm. on that. Well, uh, your listeners may be interested. Their typical kimono shows or exhibits are often on kimono frames, which the kimonos are outstretched and um, sort of flat objects, mm-hmm. flat fabric. Uh, we decided in that particular show, Akiko-san, uh, to have the kimonos on mannequin mm. and Ralph Pucci mannequins. So they really show uh, our visitors just, uh, how a kimono, of course the visitors are mainly Westerners, how a kimono looks and how it fits. Mm. And it was spectacular. 
Right. It was spectacular. Yeah, it's more yeah. like an active mode of yeah, kimono active, rather yeah. than static. And I yeah. was impressed how you showed it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, okay. And, uh, well, because this is Japanese, I wanted to hear about, you know, what kind of tea ceremony? You invited tea master and have a tea ceremony? Well, we have, right now, we have two tea schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is Omoto Sanke, and then another one is Tea Whisk. Huh. Uh, Sue Heckingboy, who has been with me for the last four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so your readers may, uh, your listeners may know what matcha is, which is becoming M-A-T-C-H-A. Matcha is green powdered Japanese tea, mm-hmm. which is often whisked. And it's pure tea. And it's, among being very delicious, it has a lot of health benefits. Mm-hmm. So our we have a tea school, two tea schools, and before you drink a matcha, you uh, you have something called wagashi, which is a sweet and it prepares your tongue for right. it. Right, and also beautifully shaped beautifully seasonal shaped. Yeah, it could be seasonal. So along with the tea ceremony, uh, we, we've we had various themes. Uh, we've had uh, uh, autumn themes. Uh, so the tea ceremony is not just a ceremony. It's just... Uh, there often could be themes and various people. So it's tea ceremonies are to bring people together and to have a, a very good social chat around the tea. Mm. So, But it's been a very nice experience for us. Right. And, of course, the tea masters wear kimono, and so it's often the center of Japanese culture in which things get disseminated out. Mm. So from, t- from the tea ceremony, we've had wagashi workshops. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had uh, ceramic exhibits uh, of the chawan, which is uh, tea bowls. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is had, a big part of the yeah, ceremony. Big part of it, yeah. So um, it's, it's a lot of fun to see how one, one, one phase of Japanese culture uh, affects the other. Mm-hmm. And there, there is a quite a lot of uh, interrelationship between the kimono and the tea ceremony and the, and the Japanese food. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, uh, a, a Japanese tea ceremony could be ours because mm-hmm. it's often followed, uh, followed either before or after with a high kaiseki meal. Mm-hmm. So, 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 and that's, that could be a lot of fun. Uh, for the listeners, it's not four hours or five hours of sitting on your knees. It, uh, it's quite an active, right. uh, thought-provoking time. Mm, right. Not only numbing legs. No, no, not numbing legs. <laughs> right. And by the way, I cannot sit on uh, on my knees for any extended mm, time. Right. Um, oh, I, you kind of get used to it. Because I, I did, I had a license. It's rusty, but I had a kimono, uh, the tea ceremony license. Oh, yeah. Well, what's cool? Uh, it's rasenke. Oh, rasenke, yeah, yeah. It's very rusty. <laughs> yep. No more questions. <laughs> no more questions. Okay. Right. Uh, but it's interesting. So the tea ceremony looks like very, you know, ritual, like, you know, form oriented. But I think essence is a hostility, just like your place. Yeah. Well, um, the tea ceremonies that we try to teach, because we have uh, a lot of so-called non-Japanese people, mm-hmm. uh, we try to teach the main essence of tea which is the joy of tea mm. and uh, we don't we don't really concentrate or fixate on the tradition although the tradition is very important because mm. unless someone enjoys the experience they never come back mm. so uh, and if you become too militaristic uh, they'll never come back so 
you know, one of our puzzles or considerations is how to how to make the Japanese tea ceremony uh, joyful enough and understandable enough to Americans mm. that they will they would want to study it. Right. And so I think I think that's important. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we'll take a quick break here, and uh, when you come back, we'll talk about uh, Stephen's philosophy for running Globus Fashitsu. So please stay with us. I'm Brian Alberg, and I'm the executive chef at Eat on North in the Berkshires of Western Massachusetts. Eat on North in the Berkshires of Western Massachusetts is a casual restaurant where good, honest, uncomplicated food is served to our guests. Our restaurant is part of the hotel called Hotel on North, the newly opened boutique hotel in downtown Pittsfield. We source local ingredients from our neighboring farms and offer an all-day dining menu of flavorful American cuisine for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And on weekends, we serve brunch. Our oyster bar serves up delicious shellfish and oyster samplers until 11 p.m. Check out our menu at eatonnorth.com and follow us on Instagram. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Eats, broadcasting live from the studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, and my guest today is Stephen Globus, who is a big support of Japanese culture and has an amazing Japanese cultural space called Globus Washitsu in Flatiron. So um, on Global Washitsu homepage, I found the word Ichigo Ichie, which is written in Japanese. And what does it mean? And is it the uh, underlying philosophy of Global Washitsu? Um, ichigo Ichie. Um, it's, uh, ichi means first. Mm-hmm. So it's It's an expression, a Japanese expression, maybe even a wabi-sabi. And I know you're going to ask, we'll talk maybe more about that. But it's a term that means for this one time only, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. This has happened. So it's just a unique serendipity of events of having, like you and me here at Roberta's talking. So mm-hmm. this is our Ichigo Ichie moment. Mm-hmm. It will never happen again. Right. We may meet some. We may even meet back here for another time. But this is our one moment. So once in our lifetime, uh, and our engineer David is here. So this is our one time together, mm. and it's a very memorable time. And uh, we should we should keep each of these Ichigo Ichie mm. moments precious. Right. We tend to <coughs> overlook it. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. And maybe next time and then it's not the truth. Yeah. So, it, um, <coughs> you know, we, <coughs> pardon me, we had in the Globus series, I used that word Ichigo Ichie film series because we've taken Japanese films and we, uh, that don't have subtitles mm. And we translate them and actually burn the subtitles onto the film with a video projector. Mm. 
and that'll never happen again. Mm-hmm. So in the Globus film series, we'll see you'll see a movie with uh, American subtitles, English subtitles, and they'll never happen again. Ichigo, Ichie. Mm-hmm. So once in your lifetime. I, I should be reminded every day. <laughs> and when you have a fantastic meal mm-hmm. in Tokyo or Kyoto or New York or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, Ichigo, Ichie. Because it's not only the meal, it's the chef, the, the food, that, and it's the atmosphere and the time of day. Mm-hmm. So. Everything. Right. Everything's contingent. Do you, you, do you use that word sometimes, that phrase? Uh, I should, but <laughs> <You should. laughs> don't forget. So thank okay, you for I'll, reminding me. I'll remind you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so did you have any memorable encounter with Ichigo Ichie at the Global Sawashi too? Oh, uh, just so many. So yeah. many, yeah. Um, actually, every, every tea ceremony... Uh, every art exhibit, every time I meet an artist, uh, I really feel lucky that these people uh, have passed through. And not only the, these people, but the people with me, my my guests, uh, strangers that happen to come to my space. Mm-hmm. Uh, the exhibit you saw, Kyoto Cool, mm-hmm. was one once-in-a-lifetime uh, moment for me. Mm-hmm. And th- these are people that I met in Kyoto and it took one year to just organize that exhibit. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, you know, I saw them again uh, last month, but mm-hmm. it's a different moment. Okay. Yeah. Right. But I, I spoke to the couple and then they were very, very impressed with the Ichigoichi, with the New Yorkers. And then they were saying, well, I was on standing on the street and tried to find a place, and the New Yorkers very kind. They come. That's it. Oh, nice, nice to hear. By the way, we uh, we went to the Andy Warhol Museum after the exhibit was closed in, in Pittsburgh, mm. and that was uh, that was a very good moment for them as well. Mm. Ichigo Ichie. Right. So let's remember, yeah. listeners, Ichigo Ichie. Right. This is a precious moment. Never happens again. Precious moment, yes. Right. Okay. And then, so we mentioned uh, the word wabi-sabi a couple times, so let's talk about it. Um, so, on your homepage, in the heart of Manhattan, you, we have created a unique space that reminds one of the wabi-sabi spirits, often found in Kyoto's remarkable structures. So, what is wabi-sabi and uh, what is so special? Okay, we, we mentioned this before, but right. wabi-sabi is one of these words that when you try to define it, you lose the meaning. Mm. But I always say it's the essence of the heart of being Japanese. Mm. So it's not being Japanese. It's not the heart of being, the heart of Japanese, but it's the essence of it. So it's, it's something removed from something removed. And it's, I think if you even asked Japanese people what it is they're going to find it very difficult to find but there are there are aspects of wabi-sabi being mm. uneven uh, there's no we don't they don't prefer straight mm-hmm. surfaces or, or hard surfaces uh, nature is one of the ruling forces of, of wabi-sabi mm. uh, certainly the tea ceremony is part of the wabi-sabi culture mm. but I think the more you try to define it uh, and not feel it, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to lose it. So uh, for all your listeners, 
go visit Japan, go visit Kyoto, mm. have a tea ceremony, go to Ryuanji, mm. uh, Ryuanji Shrine and look at the Zen uh, sand garden mm -hmm. and sit there and the wabi-sabi nature will come seeping through. Right. Right, so uh, can, my, you, can you define wabi-sabi? Well, I uh, actually tried it to get ready for the show, and then oh so gosh. to me, sabi it's uh, the beauty that comes out over time. Right. I mean, usually over time it gets really ugly, rusty. You know, like actual rust, it's sabi in Japanese. So people look at it and then actually appreciate, you know, something. It's the essence of this object and it comes out over time and then wabi is the positive mindset to appreciate that sabi beauty but th that combination has taken its own meaning right mm, wabi yeah, it's, a, right. it's unique you, you agree it's uniquely japanese mm. so do you find wabi sabi in your food as a food editor right i think so so like less is more approach right is not to hide anything but just try to show anything in ingredients by itself and sometimes you know we don't manipulate the shape of vegetables just try to make it as it is that kind of you know attitude i think thank you sensei <laughs> <laughs> well just eat it though <laughs> yeah okay so um right so the wabi sabi is really you know in tea ceremony Spirit. Correct, correct, yes. Right. So, um, do you practice tea ceremony by yourself? Well, you know, the word practice is a good word. So, um, I, I'm lucky. Well, first of all, I'm left-handed, mm -hmm. and the tea ceremony uh, tea master always performs in the right uh, hand. That's tough. That's tough, right? And as you know, kaiseki meal, which is a high Japanese uh, meal, is should be eaten with... Uh, with your right hand. Mm. And it also requires being on your knees. So the quick answer is I, I'm a very good host. Mm -hmm. I like to consider myself the shogun. And I have, <laughs> <laughs> and I have two very lovely tea masters who, who spent mm. uh, 15, 20 years learning the skills. Oh, yeah. And they, they kind of helped me along. So uh, I don't necessarily do the tea whisking and provide the tea and uh, make make the beautiful tea sweets wagashi. Mm. But as a supporter and an encourager, I like to say that I'm essential for that process. Mm, so chill, yeah. Yeah. But I like the show. <laughs> but, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> but these two, uh, these two ladies are spectacular. Mm, so are they based in New York? They're based in New York, yes. Mm, okay. So one is Keiko? Ke Keiko, yes. Right. Yeah, she's she's uh, coming to my show. Oh, in she's June. coming. Yeah, yes. she's, she's incredibly charming. Uh, she's with the Omo de Sanke school. Mm. And the other one is Suheki Mori mm -hmm. from Tea Whisk. Okay. So, wow. Can wait. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, are they, um, uh, they? They teach classes to the public. They teach or? classes. Yeah. Um, they uh, Suheki Mori Tea Whisk is Wednesdays and Saturdays, mm -hmm. and uh, Keiko is on Tuesday. Night. Okay. Yeah. So, if our listeners want to see a tea ceremony or learn, can they check the web your website and they get they the information? Can, they can write me, and I would direct them to one or one or both of the team okay so that's uh your website globus, yeah. well, uh, globus well the website is nyc 
which is New York, washitsu.com. Mm-hmm. So, so it's N-Y-C-W-A-S-H-I-T-S-U.com. Thank you for the plug. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, you know, I, I have no uh, monetary basis in here. My my uh, my purpose is to spread Japanese culture. Because mm, uh, you don't charge even. Uh, well, they do, but, but they do what I don't. Right, yeah. but do you, the yeah. space, which yeah. is always a neck yeah, that's for correct. anybody. That's so amazing. Thank you for My promoting everything. My pleasure, yeah. Um, so, um, and you have organized kimono exhibitions at the Ubas Fashitsu. Correct, correct. So, you wear kimono beautifully. I, so, I, oh, thank you. I, I do wear kimono from time to time. Uh, I think I have about five or six. I When I first got my first kimono uh, at a department store in uh, Shinjuku, mm. I thought that would be my one and only, but I've been lucky that people have been giving me kimonos. I've been to um, kimono uh, flea markets in Harajuku and bought them. Oh, so. wow. And uh, the men's kimono is quite easy. Um, right. And they're quite actually quite manly. Mm. Uh, I thought maybe you know, people are going to tease me because they have, you know, they're open leg like a, like a skirt, I guess. And mm-hmm. uh, no, they're quite, they're quite manly. And um, unlike a woman's kimono where you have to adjust for, for length, they just, they're made, mm-hmm. they're made, men's kimono are made to length and all you have to do is tie it. So mm. they're quite easy. It's almost like wearing a robe. Quite easy and lovely. Yeah, but I have, I have a few kimonos. Well, I wish there's a woman's version because women's, uh, you have to learn how to put on kimono for women. Yes, correct. Right? Yeah. And then it takes, it could be, if you are good, it could take 30 minutes, something like that. Right? Yeah. So, but, um, Maybe you heard me say this, but I think every woman is more beautiful in a kimono, mm. particularly Japanese women. Okay, I'll practice. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, kimono, uh, I guess we're going to talk about this. A kimono is a walking art gallery. Mm. And also, um, when a woman's in kimono, I don't know if I'm going to use the word wabi-sabi, but even a man, we're slowed down a little bit. Mm. So we're we're moving a little slower we're moving a little bit more delicately, more gracefully. Mm. You you never see a man running in a tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that kind of thing. It's just you feel there's a sense of elegance and a sense of uh, presence if you're wearing a kimono. Mm. Uh, I think one of the problems of a Western lady wearing kimono is that she wants to walk like a Western woman, which is kind of fast. New Yorkers especially a fast walk. Mm. Uh uh, you know, there's a big movement in, in food called slow food. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that this can be a movement called slow fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just slow say. fashion. You can dress in a. You can dress. Take your time to get dressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, look elegant, and when you're dressed, move slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, move elegantly. Make your make each footstep count. Right. And actually, uh, you know, the, the, the exhibition Kyoto Cool, I uh, tried one of those kimono on, luckily. And the way you, you have to move naturally, for that, yeah. your posture gets better. Your posture is better. Correct. And then, you know, you have to move elegantly because that's how it works. Correct. So Correct. you don't have to be slow, close, but you can. That's right. You're, uh, uh, but you're, you fit, uh, you evolve when you wear a kimono. Mm. Mm. 
Right. So maybe you can. I start. want to see your picture. <laughs> well, I posted on my Facebook. Oh, oh my gosh! I get it. <laughs> um, yeah. So maybe you can start with some kimono, slow kimono movement slow, here. Yeah, slow fashion, slow right, food. Slow yeah, fashion. Okay, so that's the word. Well, slow fashion. Um, okay. So speaking of, what's the next event? Uh, well, actually, the next event is um, it's in June. And June is a wedding, typical wedding month mm-hmm. for Americans, and also very active in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're ha- we're having something called a Yuchikake ex- exhibition, which are these glorious hand-sewn, multicolored, uh, often with gold and silver fabric and gold leaf mm-hmm. overcoats that a Japanese bride will wear. Mm. So um, Misaki Suwada from Sendai has been collecting these and we're going to show 10 of these gorgeous gorgeous garments and uh when people heard that we're having this wedding themed exhibit uh one of the major uh shinto uh shrines asked asked me whether we can have a uh traditional japanese wedding at my place oh wow so we found a couple Mm. a japanese couple and we're having um, maybe maybe a staff of ten people coming over from Japan, mm. including shrine maidens, uh, two priests, and a three or four person orchestra. Wow! Uh, and we're going to have one of these rare rare Ichigo Ichigo Ichie Ichigo mm. moments in New York, where we're going to have a Japanese traditional wedding. Wow! Amazing! Wow. Yeah, you should come. Oh, I'd love yeah, to. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> um, but it's it's not for open to our listeners, right? Maybe not. Well, the exhibition is, mm-hmm. and the the um, the wedding itself will be a private event. But we, uh, as you know, with the in the Meiji Shrine in Tokyo, they'll mm-hmm. have the wedding, and then the the wedding party, if you would, would often walk down, uh, right. walk down, and everyone would look at them. Mm. So yeah, and this entails uh, this entails. Uh, the Japanese bride to be wearing a, a what they call shiro muku, mm-hmm. which is a white uh, right. white with these gorgeous uh, hats. Mm-hmm. Um, like what about means yeah. like a round, yeah. Yeah. like a cotton, and, and one of these great coats. Mm-hmm. And of course, the groom has to be in. Uh, well, I, I'm not going to say like a samurai, or a, he he also is going to be in a wedding kimono as well, wow. which are quite uh, you know quite traditional. And the the it's a beautiful couple. Mm. They're both New Yorkers. Oh wow! So Amazing. we're able to find a, a New York Japanese couple that wanted to to celebrate with us. Mm. Okay, so at least our listeners can watch and see the pictures. Yeah, afterwards. yeah. It, it's June nineteenth. Please, no crashers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they, please, uh, please come to the exhibition of these wedding coats. They're mm. spectacular. So, what's the what are the dates for that? The I think the the exhibition is uh, June sixteenth through the twenty first, and the wedding, the private wedding, is on the nineteenth. And we'll be posting when, uh, weather permitting, whether there'll be a wedding procession, mm. probably between Union Square and Madison Square. In, oh wow! In New Amazing. York. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, no, we we uh, we've had many requests of people wanting to see this wedding. So we're gonna have to go out to the people and and show these beautiful garments. Mm-hmm. We're looking very much forward to it. Right. We pray for the weather. <laughs> pray the for the weather. Yes. Right. Okay. So uh, and we're also doing uh, one one last thing. We're doing a kimono um, a 
kimono contest mm -hmm. that's themed is recycle and sustainable. Mm. Now, uh, those are two big words. Uh, sustainable, actually, there's no better garment mm. than a kimono for sustainability because uh, I don't know whether you have, but uh, a lady, a Japanese lady, may even have their grandmother's kimono right. that's passed from grandmother to mother now to daughter, and uh, they'll save it maybe for their daughter. Mm. So sustainability of kimono is certainly there mm -hmm. uh, but they're being kimonos are being rounded up and sold for um, sold almost as used fabric right. so can they be recycled mm. can they be recycled so that's the question of this competition so we're very mm. excited about this right. I mean kimono fabric is really beautiful woven so it has to be recycled yeah it has right. to be recycled yeah right. and these are tremendous Tremendous combination of crafts can mm. go into a kimono. Right. So it's, you, it's your campaign you're running? Yeah. Okay, great. All right. So maybe you can come back and talk about everything yes. again. I also like to show Akiko that um, we've done some food mm -hmm. workshops at our place, sushi okay. workshops, and we can talk about this and maybe you can help us participate in this but I'd like to thank you very much for your time well thank you it went by time. it went by way quicker than I thought <laughs> <laughs> so well the next one hopefully it's going to be soon right so thank you for joining us today Steve my pleasure domoragato doitashimashite <laughs> okay so um, the listeners if you're interested in Global Swashitsu please go to nycwashitsu.com that's nyc w-a-s-h-i-t-s-u dot com uh, or Facebook page, Global Swashitsu, and on Facebook. And uh, if you have any questions or comments about the show, please contact us at heritageradionetwork.org. And by the way, we just launched a beautiful new website, so please visit that page. And Japan News is live at 3 p.m. on Mondays, always available at heritageradionetwork.org, iTunes, and Stitcher Podcasts. Today's show was made possible by Eon North, and our engineer is David Tatasiore. And thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.